This is Isaac Morehouse. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss education, entrepreneurship, big ideas, how to put them into practice in the real world, and above all, how to live free. Welcome to the Isaac Morehouse Show. My name is Albert Liu, sitting in for the vacationing Isaac Morehouse. I'm so happy to be with you and hope you're doing very well. Have a great show coming up. I'm going to be talking about homeschooling and my experiences homeschooling my seven-year-old daughter. I also want to talk about Walmart and Whole Foods and what those two companies have in common. And finally, I want to talk about recycling and whether or not this phenomenon has gotten way out of hand. I think you know the answer to that. But first, uh, just a few words about myself in case you're wondering who I am. Let me give you a mental picture that might help. Imagine someone younger, smarter, um, more successful, and better looking than Isaac Morehouse. Now, obviously, that person doesn't exist, uh, but imagine someone who who met Isaac uh, last year at a fee conference and uh, became friends and actually convinced him to do a podcast, and that would be me. Uh, We... uh, had a great time last year at the fee conference and uh, he came on my podcast the economy and uh, I thought he was a great guest so I convinced him to start his own podcast and uh, that is the Isaac Morehouse show so if you want depending on how you, how you feel about the show feel free to give me all of the credit or half of the blame be happy to accept that but uh, but I am a uh, Houston based financial advisor and I have a podcast called the economy with Albert K. Liu, and I'm also uh, the producer of an internet-based financial news and market opinion site called powerandmarket.com. And uh, feel free, if you want to check me out, go to powerandmarket.com, and you'll see all of my interviews and my podcasts there. I want to start today by talking about recycling. Isaac had a a special episode of Ask Isaac recently where he talked about recycling and how out of hand it's gotten. I have to agree. Uh, I'm totally in agreement with with Isaac on this one. It's uh, For me, it's just a, it's a nuisance. I think personally, I don't recycle at all at home. My wife sometimes, I think out of guilt, uh, will recycle, but I, I make no effort whatsoever. I'll reuse. I think uh, there's a lot of value in reusing things, but uh, I think there's negative value in recycling. And, you know, the rebel in me <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really like the societal pressure, I'll be honest. So, so I don't do it But um, at home. But if I am uh, somewhere in, you know, in, a, in a business, at a restaurant, in someone's home, uh, you know, I just do whatever that the host wants me to do so to to a limit so when i'm in a business and they have the uh <laughs> the the multiple bins and and isaac is right this this list of bins is just growing out of control um if uh if someone in their 40s can't figure it out within you know five seconds there's something wrong <laughs> and i do come across that once in a while and just throw up my hands and just pick the closest bin but but usually I, I try to treat it like I'm in someone's house, and if that's what they want me to do, I'll do my best. Um, but it's really funny to see uh, how people take this stuff so seriously. And uh, I remember recently, it was, uh, well, I guess it was last summer, uh, my family, we were in Vancouver, and we had rented 
an Airbnb place for about a month and a half or two months, something like that. Stayed with this really nice uh, couple. And uh, they had the little recycling thing. And, you know, in Vancouver, it's crazy. I mean, their recycling is just insane. There's so many different bins. And this is at home. I'm not talking about at the restaurant or the or the um, food court. This is at home. You have to separate your garbage into, I lost track. I think it's at least three or four different things. And, and keep track of which day the people come to pick it up it's just ridiculous so when we uh when we moved into the place we got the you know this is we got the little little uh, orientation on where things would go and you know we didn't really do it <laughs> just out of habit um i i just didn't and uh probably about a week in um we got a nice little reminder from from the owners that we were supposed to be doing this, and it was funny how, um, like I said, how with with the urgency <laughs> of the message, like no, no, we don't, you know, here we don't do this. You you have to do it this way, and uh, that's the I guess the part that I find most uh, uh, perplexing is is the sort of the world's gonna end. <laughs> I think. And my daughter has this as well. She's she's homeschooled, so she's not getting it in school. Uh, and there's very little time at all where either me or my wife's not with her. But still, the message, I'll call it environmental propaganda, it's so pervasive that it just you just can't help it. So it's through TV, I think, mostly. Um, and then the odd times she's... Actually, I don't even know. I mean, she's almost always with us, so it's got to be TV or her friends. And uh, when I'm with her, when we go to a place, and, you know, to eat or something, and if I throw something in the wrong bin, I mean, <laughs> it's like the world's gonna end. It's like it's uh, I'm standing over the the bins with this carton, and it's like diffusing a bomb. Because if I drop that thing in the wrong bin, my daughter thinks the world's going to end. And I think that's what you get when you have TV shows that uh, have cartoons that literally show the the landfills visible from space. You know, they show the globe, they show the earth from far away, and then you see the garbage piling up and you can actually see it from space. You show that to, to a, to a I don't know, a four-year-old child or three-year-old child, what are they going to think? So... So that's gotten completely out of hand. And uh, just in general, I think, if you're a parent, you know, we, we've all kind of, uh, we all know that, that TV is dangerous. But uh, I think it's gotten much worse in the sense that it's not the old, you know, Tom and Jerry cartoon violence that I grew up with. There's uh, political messages embedded in there now. And... Uh, a couple of the shows that, that are on PBS especially are just horrible. And my daughter, and the problem is that these shows are very entertaining for the kids. My daughter loves them. So uh, there's a show called Wild Karats, which is it's a Canadian show, and she just loves this show. And uh, I can see the value in it, actually. There's a lot of good information there. It's entertaining. She learns about animals. It's great. The problem is uh, anytime there's a villain, and this happens probably, you know, one out of, 
three or four episodes, there's some type of villain involved. That villain is always a capitalist <laughs> every time. It's, it's uh, some capitalist who's just who's trying to, you know, you can tell the, the person's wealthy, so they're demonizing the rich. And uh, the person is acting in self-interest, which according to these people is bad. No one should ever do that. Um, it, it's just horrible. And uh, one time, a guy was, the, the guy's uh, villain status was attained simply because he wanted to eat a turkey <laughs> for Thanksgiving. He, was, he wanted a big turkey. And that apparently was not okay with the Wild Krat brothers, which is, if you've seen these guys on TV, it's quite hypocritical because it's pretty obvious they've eaten a few animals in their time. Isaac recently did an episode about recycling and uh, shared an experience he had at Whole Foods. And, you know, I can't think about uh, recycling or organic food without thinking about Whole Foods. It's sort of synonymous, and it's, it's quite clever the way that they've positioned themselves that way. It's really a strange dynamic there, though, because um, remember they used to call it Whole Paycheck because the prices were just so out of whack. Uh, they've, they've, you know, they've try to sh shake that image a little bit and i noticed that this month at, at our local whole foods where we are now um they're selling coffee for 25 cents which is great if if uh, you're a coffee addict like i am <laughs> it's wonderful and so i've made a point of going in there uh, as often as i can i figure if i have about I don't know, a thousand cups of coffee, it'll make up for that one loaf of bread I bought <laughs> that one time. <laughs> uh, but seriously, it's, uh, it's a strange place uh, because they really make you feel good about paying more. And, uh, and that's an art, I think. And it's funny because I was thinking about an experience I had at Walmart not too long ago where I went to get, uh, I had to get some, some work lights and uh, Walmart was by far the, the least expensive place. I mean, I looked, you know, AutoZone, and it was also the most convenient. And it made me think that, you know, in a way, Walmart and Whole Foods are sort of like mirror images <laughs> of each other because uh, my experience at, at Walmart, even though I was getting a very, very good price, it was just a horrible, horrible experience. And so... Uh, you know, like I said, at Whole Foods, they've never made you feel better about paying more. At Walmart, they, they've made you feel miserable about paying less. It's kind of funny. The other thing I noticed is that at Walmarts, the customers, it, maybe it's not good to say this, but the customers, they're not so smart. Um, it's just my observation. They're just not, not the sharpest people um, in society. At Whole Foods, the customers think they're smart. <laughs> they're not really that much smarter than the rest, but they think they are. Here's the tip-off. If, if they were really that smart, would, they, would Whole Foods have to point out to them that, that coffee is gluten-free? <laughs> right? Why would coffee be in the gluten-free aisle? Um, would, they, um, would the customers buy whatever it is, chocolate candy or coffee or whatever it is uh, with a picture of an animal on it thinking that they're saving an endangered species when that animal is actually not endangered <laughs> and and um, would the company even think of selling a, uh, a cup 
of water with asparagus in it for six dollars probably not um, so there's definitely something there and and this actually happened I don't know if you're aware of this but an LA store Whole Foods store actually put out uh, cups of water with asparagus sticks in it and priced it at six dollars it was just incredible <laughs> just just incredible and uh, actually customers did get angry and they did pull it uh, but not before the the uh, the comedians just uh, had a wonderful time with it. And uh, one of them in particular I thought was really funny. John Oliver of Last Week Tonight did a piece on it uh, that, was, that was really funny. Let me play a little bit of that for you. Hi. We at Whole Foods Market would like to apologize for our regrettable $6 asparagus water. We take our food seriously, so we'd like to remind you of the other high-quality, definitely non-ridiculous products available at Whole Foods. Products like Two baby carrots tied together with artisanal twine. Nobody's ever done that to carrots before, so it's $35.99. Or try our refreshing probiotic avocado ice. It's a block of ice with an avocado balanced on top of it, $25.99. Or how about trying a bucket of water collected from the back of a cow that got rained on? That's less than $60. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. It's more than $60. And if you come in today, you can sample some of our new in-season arrivals, like a single pomegranate that listened to NPR this morning, an old satchel full of loose yogurt and yams, or a bunch of granola that's been blown back and forth between two fans. And because you'll buy anything that seems healthy or meets some nebulous definition of good, how about a tilapia wearing yoga pants, or a parsnip that donated to Coney 2012, or some gay grapes? So forget that stupid asparagus water and please come down to Whole Foods. Whole Foods. An elaborate practical joke that got really out of hand. Just hilarious. So um, if you want to see this, I'm going to ask Isaac, make him do a little bit of work here and uh, drop the link for this video somewhere on his website, IsaacMorehouse.com, uh, because you got to see this. It's, it's just really funny stuff. So I was at the local park recently with my two kids, and we were just, you know, having a good time, as we always do. And there are a bunch of other moms there with their little toddlers. Uh, this is a, a you know regular school day uh, in the morning and so they're there and you know uh, well, I get to talking with one of the moms and she asked me if uh, my daughter's homeschooled and it's you know kind of obvious because she's she's seven and, and big for her age so she's you know, towering above the other kids it's pretty obvious that she's not uh, in regular school so I told her yeah you know we're doing this we're just visiting we do this in Texas and she said oh that's great um I hear it's you know much easier to to homeschool in Texas, and uh, and I said oh yeah I guess you know I guess so, and she said you know in in Bedford, um, you got to be careful, because um, you you know if your kids are playing outside too long uh, during school hours it's uh, it's actually not allowed, and um, you know Isaac and I have had conversations about this before he actually was homeschooled himself so he has some additional insight. But he, he would say things like, um, you know, when I was little, my parents, you know, taught me, you know, if you're going to be out, um, just, you know, realize that um, some people might ask questions and, you know, um, one thing could lead to another. And I thought that was, because I hadn't had experience with it, I thought it was strange. I thought it was um, unusual that that precaution would be necessary. But um, what I heard from this, from this mother is that uh, if your kids are all playing, 
your neighbors can actually report you, which which is just astonishing. And she was very serious about it. She says, you know, in Bedford, um, they're only allowed to be out for, and I forget what it was, but it was, I think, less than two hours per day during a school day. And it's just incredible. Um, and if you're wondering, you're probably trying to figure out where Bedford is. Let me give you a hint. It's, it's, um, it's not in North Korea. So you're going to have to go away from that. You know, if you're looking at an atlas or on the internet, it's not, it's actually not in North Korea, even though, uh, it would make perfect sense. Bedford is actually in Massachusetts. That's where my uh, in-laws live and we're visiting. And, uh, it's just crazy. It's just ridiculous. And who would, I mean, who would do that? The type of person who would, who would actually, who would you even call, um, I wouldn't even know where to begin, but the person who who would do that, who would turn in their neighbors, man. You know, you've probably heard, uh, if, you, if you're into liberty theory or libertarianism, about the Roth, Rothbard's button, where you just, you know, push that thing and, and uh, basically, you know, the government would vanish, the state would, would, would disappear. Would, would you push that button? I actually wouldn't push that button. I thought about it. I wouldn't push that button because... You know, this, uh, the chimpanzees, as Casey would say, the chimpanzees would just install a new state and it'd be worse than the original. So I wouldn't push that button. But if I, if there was a button I could push to send people like, you know, people who would turn in their neighbor's kids, uh, if I could push a button and send those people to North Korea, I would do it in about a second. And the only reason it would take a second is because I feel sorry for the people in North Korea who've been so through so much already. But <laughs> I think in terms of uh, the relative difference, I think our society would benefit so much more than their society would lose. So I'd push that button after about a, about a second. So anyway, that was extremely disappointing. But um, I guess the good news is, you know, we all learned some Korean. You now know that uh, the English translation of Pyongyang is uh, Bedford, or as they say it here in Massachusetts, Bedford. <laughs> and that's the Isaac Morehouse show for today. Thank you for listening. Please visit uh, Isaac's website at isaacmorehouse.com. That's where you can find all kinds of information about Isaac, his podcast, um, books that he um, recommends, and videos from a bunch of speaking engagements uh, he did. Um, it looks like he did them when he was 13, but it was actually last week. So you can check all of that out at isaacmorehouse.com. And if you're interested in the markets and investing, please visit me at powerandmarket.com, where I've got a bunch of great interviews with uh, leading experts in economics and investing, uh, like Mark Thornton, like Doug Casey, Jim Rogers, Peter Schiff. Uh, recently, I've had Michael Pento on Richard Maybury. So um, please visit me at powerandmarket.com. Thanks for listening and take care. <laughs>